WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Biden administration is expected to approve a $1.5 billion loan for Holtec International to restart the Palisades nuclear power plant in Van Buren County. Bloomberg and the Detroit News have reported today the official announcement could be coming in the next month. Holtec has applied for the U.S. Department of Energy loan to get the plant up and running again, while the state of Michigan's committed another $300 million for the effort. State Representative Joey Andrews has been among the supporters of the plan and tells us things are looking good. All the conversations that I've been having over the last couple months, and we've been having an increased volume of those conversations, everybody is feeling really optimistic and positive about getting approval from DOE, about the loan being approved, the state's ready to do our part to provide the funding that we've committed to on our end, and we're all really excited to see this happen and have Palisades be the first nuclear plant to restart operation and prove it can be done. Andrew says nuclear energy has become more relevant as the nation seeks to reduce its reliance on fossil fuels. While the Department of Energy has not confirmed that Holtec will be approved for the loan, Andrews tells us there's a lot of optimism. Holtec has secured a power purchasing agreement with Wolverine Power Cooperative once Palisades is operating again, and the company has announced plans to construct two small modular reactors at the site. They will be in addition to the existing reactor. The company hopes that Palisades can be operating again by late next year. Three Benton Harbor men have been sentenced in a federal gun case. U.S. Attorney Mark Totten says 26-year-old Mark Curtis has been sentenced to 15 years in prison. 22-year-old Jordan Allen has been sentenced to eight years in prison. And 25-year-old Calvin Hill has been sentenced to 46 months in prison after being convicted by a jury. Each was found guilty of being a felon in possession of a firearm. Witnesses at the trial testified that Hill was feuding with another Benton Harbor man when on the night of September 10, 2023, Curtis Hill and Allen met at Hill's apartment. Investigators found pictures and videos of their guns on Hill's kitchen table and Hill wiping off rounds of ammunition. The man that Hill was feuding with was then found dead the next morning of gunshot wounds. The Benton Harbor Department of Public Safety worked with the FBI, the Berrien County Sheriff's Department, Michigan State Police, and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives on the investigation. Totten says that gun violence is an epidemic in Michigan and around the country, adding, quote, we'll never prosecute our way out of this epidemic, but accountability is critical. Benton Harbor City Commissioners have authorized more than $8 million in street work to be completed this year. At a meeting this week, Commissioners approved three projects. The projects include the reconstruction of Green and Edwards Avenues, May and Monroe Streets, and Jefferson Street. Speaking at Monday's meeting, Commissioner Juanita Henry said she wants to be sure that city residents are employed as part of these projects before proceeding. So I'm asking through the chair that staff really verifies the address of the Ben Harbor residents that work for these companies. Is it 49022? That could be Den Ben Township. That could be almost sodas. Henry voted for two of the projects but voted no on the Jefferson resurfacing. The Green and Edwards Avenue project will include sewer and sidewalk work and will cost $2.3 million. The May and Monroe project will include the same features and cost $5.3 million. The Jefferson work will run $192,000. All three are expected to be finished this summer. The Michigan Supreme Court has declined to hear an appeal of a Michigan Court of Appeals decision on a lawsuit brought against Berrien County over the rejection of a recall effort at Lakeshore Public Schools. The group We the Parents had attempted to recall former Lakeshore School Board President Jason Beckrow and trustee Rachel Wade over the district's masking policies in 2022. The group alleged that the Berrien County Clerk's Office inappropriately declined to place the recall on an election ballot. The clerk's office said the recall effort didn't get enough signatures. 
Berrien County Judge Dennis Wiley in 2022 ruled in favor of the clerk's office, and then the Michigan Court of Appeals later upheld that decision. The Michigan Supreme Court this week declined to take up the issue, saying only, quote, we are not persuaded that the questions presented should be reviewed by this court. Berrien County Corporate Counsel Thaddeus Hackworth told us in a prepared statement the county is, quote, pleased with the Supreme Court's decision, which confirms that the county clerk's office acted appropriately in preserving election integrity and upholds the Court of Appeals decision, which provides much-needed clarity to county clerks across the state. It is unlikely this case will go any further. WNIT, the PBS station based in South Bend that serves Southwest Michigan, is celebrating its 50th anniversary. Station President Greg Gitsey tells us a dedicated group of residents came together starting in the late 1960s to launch WNIT. It took a few years of planning and fundraising, but the station went on the air for the first time on this day, January 31st, 1974. We were the first public television station in the area, in the region. In fact, when the group of citizens that comprised people from Berrien County and St. Joe County in Indiana and Elkhart County and Kosciuszko County first started getting together and talking about it, the South Bend market was the largest television market in the country without a public television station. WNIT now airs 24-7 on five program streams. Geetzee tells us he doesn't know what the very first program to air was, and a fire some years ago destroyed some valuable records that could have answered that question. He's hoping as the 50th anniversary is celebrated all year, some local historians who might know will come forward. WNIT now serves 22 counties around Michigan and Indiana, and Geetzee says it's all possible thanks to the support of viewers and other partners. It's a roller coaster financially, and I'd have to say it's a real credit to our viewers and our donors that the station has made it 50 years. WNIT will hold events throughout the year to mark its 50th. Geetzee notes one is already planned in Nwajak, and he's sure there will also be one in St. Joe. One upcoming local program that he notes is a documentary in the House of David that will air in April. He advises everyone to keep an eye out for it. Dr. Z's Mattress Center, the last store in the Orchards Mall, is closing. Store owner Norbert Zimfert tells us the business was closed for nearly a year after flooding in the mall last April. It just recently reopened so that Zimfert can sell off his remaining inventory. He told us he did, he did not consider moving to another location. We've just decided to just sell everything off and, and just retire. Zimfer says it's lonely in the mall, especially after dark. That's why he closes each day at 6. He says things really changed since Dr. Z's opened in 2004. When we opened the store, the mall occupancy was 85%. There was a nice food court, all kinds of uh, good shops. There was even a subway in here and uh, Sears, all the you know all the anchors were open, Sears, Elder Beerman, J.C. Penney. Everything was open in here. It was exciting. There were sidewalk sales. Uh, the mall was always full. And, you know, it was very enjoyable being in the mall. But it started going downhill in 2009 when Sears closed. Zimper says he's met many good people and had a lot of repeat customers over the years. He's thanking all of them and inviting them to stop by one last time. They did a great deal on a mattress. As the store nears closure, he says discounts are as high as 80%. He says he looks forward to spending more time with family once the store shuts down, noting it still has three years on its lease. And a celebration will be held this Sunday in South Haven to mark the completion of the new wintertime gathering place in Dykeman Park. The gathering place features an outdoor fireplace that's been in the works for about three years. Shout for South Haven's Bob Copping tells us it took a combination of shout funds, city-obtained grants, and public support to make the fireplace possible. We have about $115,000 in it, and we've had contributors, over 100 contributors, from Florida to the East Coast to, of course, South Haven. Copping says that Shout contributed about $25,000. 
The city got $50,000 in grants, and donors made the rest of the project possible. He says the fireplace will give people a place to congregate as a community. It's a delight, and it's gathering a lot of people, a safe, warm gathering place in the winter. The fireplace has been operational for a few weeks, but its official celebration will be Sunday at 2 p.m. during the South Haven Icebreaker Festival. Everyone's invited to stop by for some hot cocoa. The event will feature a ribbon-cutting. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. President Biden told reporters today that he made a decision on a response to Sunday's drone attack from an Iranian-backed militia that killed three American service members and wounded dozens of others. ABC's Karen Travers has the latest on who the administration says is behind the attack. The White House says an Iranian-backed umbrella group called the Islamic Resistance in Iraq was responsible for the drone attack in Jordan. The president says he has decided on a response, but the White House won't say when that will happen or what will be targeted. National Security Spokesman John Kirby signaling it will be multiple strikes. I would also uh, caution you not to, not to think that the first thing you see, you talked about publicly seeing, not the first thing you see won't be the last thing. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. President Biden has made it clear the U.S. will strike back after that deadly drone attack that killed three service members and wounded more than 40 others at a small base in Jordan over the weekend. What's not clear is who will be hit, where, and how hard. Biden has a wide array of options, but the U.S. also must walk a fine line. A weak response will do little to deter further attacks by Iran-backed militia groups, while a major assault would risk expanding the turmoil in the Middle East and drawing America into a wider conflict. House Speaker Mike Johnson has made it clear that he is against a still-unfinished border deal being negotiated in the Senate. More from ABC's Jay O'Brien. In remarks on immigration, Speaker Mike Johnson again criticizing a still unfinished bipartisan immigration deal being hashed out in the Senate, saying President Biden doesn't need more power to fix the ongoing crisis at the border. He falsely claimed, it was a false claim, that he needs Congress to pass a new law to allow him to close the southern border. He knows that's not true. The White House accusing Republicans of backing away from a deal they wanted. Johnson's comments key because if an immigration deal passes in the Senate, it would be up to the Speaker to put it up for a vote in the House. Jay O'Brien, ABC News, Washington. As noted, Senate negotiators are struggling to finalize a bipartisan deal that would pair policy changes at the border with wartime aid for Kiev as they run into strong resistance from House Republicans as well as Donald Trump, who has been running on the issue of border security. Senate negotiators have held closely the details of a carefully negotiated compromise on border enforcement and immigration policies that was intended to unlock Republican supporting Congress for military aid for Ukraine. But the negotiations have dragged for months, and President Biden, who's pushing for a deal alongside Republican and Democratic leaders in the Senate, already faces a daunting task in convincing Republicans to defy Trump's wishes that the bill be dismissed. The Senate Judiciary Committee is giving a stern talking to to social media CEOs. Today, it's said they're presiding over the sexual exploitation and harassment of teens and preteens. More from ABC's Stephen Portnoy. Democrats and Republicans joined in their condemnation of social media. You and Senator Tom Lindsey Graham pointed to the suicides of teens who've been sexually exploited or extorted. You have a product that's killing people. The CEOs, such as Discord's Jason Citron, pushed back on the need for new laws protecting minors and removing liability protections. We're not prepared to support it today. Graham blamed his colleagues, noting five bills the judiciary panel has already cleared remain stuck in the Senate. They go nowhere. They leave the committee and they die. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. Interest rate cuts are coming, just not yet. The Federal Reserve delivered that message today, first in a policy statement and then in a news conference at which Chair Jerome Powell reinforced it. 
The Fed did signal it's nearing a long-awaited shift toward cutting interest rates, evidence that its officials have grown confident they're close to uh, fully taming inflation. No longer does its policy statement say it's still considering further rate hikes, yet the officials made clear the first rate cut is likely still months away. Their statement cautioned they don't think it would be time to cut rates, quote, until it's gained greater confidence that inflation is moving sustainably to their 2% target. And a lack of human connection can lead to physical problems like heart attacks and dementia. And now a northern California county is declaring an emergency involving loneliness. Alex Stone is more. Yes. With this unanimous vote, San Mateo County becomes the first in the country to declare a public health emergency over loneliness. An epidemic in the country, especially after the pandemic, nearly half of U.S. adults report their lonely, desiring human connection. The Board of Supervisors wants to put money toward mental health help and helping adults connect. No one wants to say, look, I feel I'm lonely. The county is asking the state to address the problem as well. Alex Stone, EBC News.